It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Diz Radio, and the Diz Radio Show. And happy anniversary to the greatest Disney show on earth. That is right. We are celebrating eight years of Diz Radio here this week. Yes, eight years ago this week, we decided to go out on this little venture, create this show where we had celebrity guests, a bit of nostalgia, a little bit of history, and looking into the future with Diz Radio, a different kind of Disney show. And we're celebrating eight years years here this week and what better way than celebrating it as the greatest show on earth that's right just like pt barnum and barnum and bailey circus we are celebrating all things that are coming together differences of culture differences of people all shapes sizes and more all with a common love the love of showmanship the love of disney the love of magic and whimsy and so many other things and that is all culminated together just like the greatest show on earth and with us here this week to celebrate our eight-year anniversary and the greatest show on earth is none other than the last ringmaster ever to the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yes, Jonathan Lee Iverson. And Jonathan Lee Iverson is going to be stopping in here this week and he's going to talk about what it was like being a ringmaster for Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus for many, many years as well as being the last ringmaster for the final showing before the circus closed down ultimately. And Jonathan Lee Iverson is going to stop in, share a lot of great stories insights and more and maybe if the circus may come back one day you never know and the greatest show on earth also couldn't go on without the d team that's right it takes more than a ringmaster to keep this circus alive yes it takes a team of people to make the magic the whimsy the fun come to life and this week we have aaron stopping in he's gonna answer all your questions and i want to know we have frank with the disney quote of the week we have alexa with the latest with disney parks and five and let's not forget dominic with the short leash with tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. We have Charles, who's taken the Hollywood Walk, as well as Randy, with the latest in Disney multimedia. Yes, it takes an entire team, an entire circus of people, to put on Diz Radio's greatest show on Earth. And most of all, it takes you, all the D-heads, tuning in for the last eight years. So before we jump into this week's show and kick off the greatest show on Earth, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, you name it, they're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all VD heads, this show is going to be slightly different. You're wondering, how is the circus connected to Disney? Let's just say Toby Tyler, JoJo Circus, Dumbo Circus, Dumbo the Movie, Totally Circus, the TV show, Disney sing-along songs, Let's Go to the Circus, the Disney Celebrity Circus at Epcot from 1987, A Bug's Life, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yes, there is so much to celebrate 
celebrate with the circus and Disney and so much more. It truly is the greatest show on earth. And I feel like the ringmaster here this week for Diz Radio. So let's officially kick off show number 210, our eight-year anniversary here at Diz Radio with the greatest show on earth, something that takes a team of people, a circus here to wrangle it all together and bring you this fun event every single week. So let's officially kick off the show for the week of April 5th, 2018 with the greatest show. Sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones There's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath Stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you Running at you It's only this moment Don't care what can gather Your fever dream Can't you see you getting closer Just surrender Cause you feel the feeling taking over It's fire, it's freedom It's falling over
trooper and their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Ladies and gentlemen, the children of all ages, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus is proud to present our honorary ringmaster, the one and only Mickey Mouse. Are you ready, everybody? Then let the show begin. Here I go. Rich here from the One Little Spark podcast. I just wanted to send a quick congrats to Jonathan and the D-Team on your eight-year anniversary. Man, I know that as a fellow podcaster, so much time, energy, and hard work goes into putting out an entertaining show, and it's a great feat to stick around in the podcasting community for so long. I first heard Diz Radio years ago and instantly became a huge fan. Kudos to you guys for never giving up and continuing to bring great content for us fans. Keep up the good work, guys. Here's to eight more years. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 210 for the week of April 5th, 2018, as we are celebrating eight years. 
here at Diz Radio. That's right, our eight-year anniversary here at Diz Radio. I am excited. I mean, to have a feat of eight years goes above and beyond and so many other things. So before I start rambling on here and going on and on about all different kinds of things, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show first and foremost. And first off, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney Discussion Group on Facebook as well. And if you're looking for fitness, mental wellness, just to get back into shape or maybe some inspiration daily, you can also join the Diz Ninjas. That's D-I-Z Ninjas on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait. You need the show in your ears right away. For the last eight years, you're like, I can't wait to hear the D-Team. I can't wait to hear the guests. It's super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, the device of your choosing. It doesn't make a difference. You can get the latest shows as they get released every single week. And if you can't remember anything I just said because I tend to talk really, really fast, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com and find all these links there as well. Now, that is out of the way. Now, last week, you got out of me actually giving you news. It was one of those rare treats where I didn't ramble on about the latest things going on within the industry. Well, guess what? Drum roll, please. Okay, well, I don't have a drum roll sound effect ready. But, drum roll, please, you're getting out of it again this week. Yes, I am not doing news here this week because it is our eight-year anniversary. It is the greatest show on earth. And I want to take this moment to thank everybody. Thank all you D-heads out there for the past eight years. You are the reason we've been creating this show for eight years. 210 shows, over 215 celebrity guests, and lots of great memories and more. You are the reason that we've continued to bring this little bit of a gem, something that's different. It's one foot in the future, one foot in the past, a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of introduction to something you may not know about, or a little more about something you love dearly, or just recalling that great moment from your childhood, we do the show for you, and we are still here eight years later producing the greatest Disney show on Earth. Now you're like, why does he keep talking about the circus reference? Well, let's just say it is always a circus here at the show. I mean, it is. With the D-Team, you have everybody. Past D-Team, new D-Team. All throughout the years, we've always had the D-Team. And without the D-Team, there would be no show. I just consider myself the ringmaster of the show. I am one little spark of this show. I am not the show. Without the D-Team, without the performers, without the team that really makes the segments and the magic happen, there would be no Diz Radio. So I have to give that big round of applause, pass the top hat off, share it around so everybody realizes that the D-Team also makes this show. It is the D-Team that truly is the backbone of this show, the performers, the ones that bring great content, and so much more. I am just humble enough to be able to be the ringmaster to this wonderful group of people, past and present, for the last eight years to bring this show to life. So I thank the D-Team. I applaud the D-Team because you are my showmen, my show women, however you want to politically put it. But you are the creators. You are the ones that put on the show, and I'm just the one 
that gives it a smile, an applause, and a wave. So thank you, the D-Team, as well. So eight years. Yes, eight years we have been on the air. We have done so many different things, so many celebrity guests. Now, I could use this moment as a chance to go through and talk about, all right, who are my favorite guests? What are my favorite moments in the last eight years? But you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save that kind of show for our 10-year anniversary. Yes, I still see us being here two years from now. So I'm going to save that for the big 10, the big 10-year anniversary. So I'm not going to do that. What I am going to do, though, is say I am proud to be part of this show. I started this show as a brainchild of wanting to have something different in the Disney podcast and online world. I wanted to create something that was slightly different than existed out there. I wanted something that was entertainment, something that was fun, something that created that little bit of magic where you sat back one day and you're like, wow, I remember watching that with my mom and dad, and it brought so many good memories back back to you. I want you to be that person who's listening to this and maybe you're a newer D-head and you're like, I never even knew who this actor was and now I gotta go watch these classic Disney treats from back in the day. Or maybe you're an older D-head and you're always stuck in that little bubble of the old. We're introducing you to the new and realizing that as much as you think, oh, that new Disney channel, it's definitely not the way it used to be. You know what? It's not. But it is also just as good and hopefully we introduced you to something new as well. It has been such a great roller coaster ride for this greatest show on earth. So, with that said, all of you D heads, I have rambled on here a little bit. I just want to say I am truly humbled once again. I am glad to bring this show to you. It is with the help of the D team and all of you D heads that tune in every week that this show is still here eight years later. And I am excited to have none other than Jonathan Lee Iverson, the last ringmaster for Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, stopping in here at the show. Because if there is one thing that culminates what Diz Radio is like, we are like a circus. We are like a culmination of different races, cultures, people, backgrounds. It doesn't make a difference with one common love, the love of Disney. And that is just like the circus. Same thing. Backgrounds, life, culture, unique, differences, all there together to perform and bring smiles to people. And that's exactly what we want to do here at the show is bring those smiles to you. Bring those smiles to everybody. So thank you once again. Eight years. So let's press on once again for show number 210 for the week of April 5th, 2018. Yes, you got out of news once again here this week. But let's press on with our eight-year anniversary. And you know what? When I think of circus, when I think of Disney, I think of my childhood and waking up daily before school and watching Dumbo Circus. So take it away, team, and I'll be back a little bit later, and let's press on for show number 210, the greatest Disney show on Earth. Dumbo Circus, flying out of the sky. You'll never see another show like this. Dumbo Circus, to see an elephant fly is something that you really shouldn't miss. Circus flying from town to town. Now here's the part that's too good to be true. Dumbo Circus, Dumbo Circus is coming to visit you. With thrills and chills and daring do. And lots of great adventures too. There will be music and magic. I hope you can come. There'll be a few surprises and we'll have lots of fun. Dumbo Circus Circus is coming to visit. You won't want to miss it. It's coming to visit. 
dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that. Ladies and gentlemen, from the four corners of the earth, some of the most extraordinary, spine-tingling, death-defying circus performances ever. All gathered here at Walt Disney World. Celebrity Circus. Starring from Moonlighting, Elise Beasley. Mr. Tugball, also known as Tim Conway. From Facts of Life, Kim Fields. Burns' best friend, Jim Barney. And from The Cosby Show, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Starring from the circus, England's brilliant aerialists, The Andrews. Dolomak, the clown. Czechoslovakia's Perosek Bears. The Christiani Elephants. Daredevil Cyclists. Robbie Gasser and his sensational sea lions. World champion juggler, 13-year-old Anthony Gatto. Cirque du Soleil's Denis Lacombe. The world's most fearless trapeze artist, Mark Lutz. The Knox Keystone Cops, the Rodriguez Family, Mark Waters, the Death-Defying Wynn Family, and nine-year-old high-wire walker, Nicholas Wynn, and your host, Tony Randall. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful Easter. In typical Arkansas weather for Easter, it turned cold and dreary, but that's better than some of those snow days I saw others were having. Well, it's hard to believe we are at our eighth anniversary. I'm proud to say I've been around for most of those years, and I hope we just keep it a-going. Congratulations to Jonathan and the current and past D-Team. But especially thanks to you D-Heads out there. Without the listeners, we have no show. Well, you guys have been busy sending questions, so let's reach into the virtual mailbag and see what we have for this week. Our first question is from Capron Fleener of Virginia, and he writes, Diz Radio? I have some questions for Aaron of the D-Team. In Walt Disney's Toby Tyler, I heard that it was based on a book. How different is the book from the Disney adaptation? Also, do you know if this film was ever released on Blu-ray or maybe even 4K? And finally, the guy from Zorro was in the movie. Was he in any other films or just the few Disney ones? Thank you for the answers in advance. 
Well, Toby Tyler was released on January 21st, 1960. It is based on the 1880 children's book, Toby Tyler, or Ten Weeks with the Circus, by James Otis Kaler. It stars several actors best known for their work on the two pioneering Disney television shows of the late 1950s, Kevin Corcoran from the Spin and Marty serials on the Mickey Mouse Club, and Zorro co-stars Henry Calvin and Gene Sheldon. Sheldon, known for playing mute characters, speaks in this film. So far the film has been released on DVD on August 2nd, 2005, and it is available to watch on Amazon Video. The book and the movie are similar. Of course, it's been Disney-fied for the movie. They took out a lot of the physical abuse that Toby suffered, and the circus language was cleaned up. The ending is also different, not nearly as sad. Disney added more love into the story. As far as the actor from Zorro, there were actually two of them. Gene Sheldon, who played Sam Treat, a clown and animal trainer who is one of Toby's mentors and protectors, played the mute servant Bernardo in Zorro. The other actor, Henry Calvin, who was the gruff wagon driver and protector of Toby, played Sergeant Garcia in Zorro. Sheldon starred in Disney's 1961 Christmas film Babes in Toyland. He was teamed with Calvin once more as a kind of Laurel and Hardy team. Calvin sang the children's song Never Smile at a Crocodile for Disneyland Records, a recording that was later reissued as part of the Peter Pan soundtrack CD. He also sang We Won't Be Happy Till We Get It with Ray Bolger, and slowly he sank to the bottom of the sea in the Babes in Toyland soundtrack. After Zorro and his Disney contract ended, Calvin guest starred in numerous television series during the 1960s. In his appearance on a 1963 episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show, his character performed a comedy sketch as Oliver Hardy, opposite Dick Van Dyke's Rob Petrie character as Stan Laurel. Our next question is from Chad Hopkins of New Jersey and he writes, Hello Diz Radio and Aaron, longtime listener and D-head here. I have a question about an old Disney Channel show. Jonathan mentioned on the Diz Radio page that there was a greatest show on earth coming, so this got me to thinking about an old show I remember from like 2000 or 2001. It was a bunch of kids who ran a circus. It was in the early days of reality TV, so it was very rough. Any thoughts on what it was called? Thank you. Well, the show you're referring to was called Totally Circus. It's a 30-minute children's reality series that aired on the Disney Channel. It premiered June 16, 2000 and ended on September 24, 2000. There was 14 episodes. It features 37 kids, ages 9 to 19, of the Vermont-based traveling Circus Smirkus, learning the circus acts and putting on performances. And the really cool thing is this circus is still around. Circus Smirkus is a non-profit, award-winning, international youth circus founded in 1987 by Rob Merman. Based in Greensboro, Vermont, the mission of Circus Smirkus is to promote the skills, culture, and traditions of the traveling circus and to inspire youth to engage in the circus arts. I had never heard of this, but I think it's pretty awesome.
Well, our final question this week is from Allison E. of North Carolina, and she writes, Aaron, I want to know about a country version of Dumbo's When I See an Elephant Fly. I swear there was a country CD out there at one time. Everyone keeps telling me it's the Oh Mickey Where Art Thou CD, and I know it's not what I'm looking for. Any thoughts? Thank you so much. Well, the CD you're looking for is called Country Sings Disney. It's a compilation featuring the biggest stars in country music. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Billy Ray Cyrus, Martina McBride, and several others appear on the album. It was released on July 8, 2008 by Walt Disney Records and Lyric Street Records. A few of the songs on there are When I See an Elephant Fly by Josh Grayson, Part of Your World by Faith Hill, and Through Your Eyes by Martina McBride. Another CD that you might enjoy is called Best of Country, Sing the Best of Disney. It was released on September 10th, 1996. These songs from that CD include Beauty and the Beast by Diamond Rio, Someday My Prince Will Come by Tanya Tucker, and You've Got a Friend in Me by George Jones and Kathy Matea. Now I've heard several of these songs over the years and they're definitely a good listen, so enjoy. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and happy anniversary, DizRadio. and join the circus every day. Good idea, big guy. Dumbo's Circus. Hooray! The funniest little show under the big top. Hello, all you D-heads. It's time for another installment of Disney Quote of the Week. But before we get into that, I'd like to congratulate Jonathan and the D-team, both current and past members, on eight years of Diz Radio. What an accomplishment, and that's an exciting milestone. But as you can imagine... With the excitement of eight years and our current guest on this week's episode, 
it is quite a circus around here. So I felt it was only fitting that this week's quote of the week comes from the ride attraction, Dumbo. Based on the character from the 1941 animated feature, the 16 ride vehicles each resemble Dumbo and are mounted on an actuated armatures connected to a rotating hub. The passengers ride in the Dumbos and can maneuver them up and down with a joystick that operates a hydraulic ram. The ride itself rotates counterclockwise at a constant rate. The figure of Timothy Q. Mouse, currently voiced by Chris Edgerly, rides atop the central hub. Originally at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom, the figure held a training whip and stood on a disco ball. With the exception of Tokyo Disneyland, currently stands on a hot air balloon and holds the magic feather. Starting in 2012, Magic Kingdom's Timothy currently spins with his magic feather on top of the attraction's marquee. Each of the parks, with the exception of Disneyland Paris, had an extra Dumbo vehicle located outside of the attraction to be used by guests for better, better photo opportunities. Tokyo Disneyland's photo spot differs from its three counterparts. The character is shown in its regular outfit from the original film, with a pink saddle blanket and Timothy Mouse in his hat. All of the Dumbos, with the exception of the newer Dumbo in Walt Disney World, which was added with the new Fantasyland expansion, spin counterclockwise. The newer Dumbo in Walt Disney World spins clockwise. Now today's quote comes from Timothy Mouse. Hi there, it's your friend Timothy Mouse. As you know, Dumbo is a real high flyer. So as to make your flight a safe one, be sure to stay seated with your seatbelt fastened, keeping your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside. And for all you grown-ups types, be sure to watch your kids. Well, that's all the time I have this week, D-Heads. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Congratulations once again to Jonathan and the D-Team on eight years. D-Heads, have a magical week. <laughs> Did you ever see an elephant fly? <laughs> well, I see the horse fly. Ah, I see the dragon fly. <laughs> I see the house fly. <laughs> <laughs> see, I seen all that too. I seen a peanut stand and heard a rubber band. I seen a needle that winked its eye. But I be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. What you say, boy? I said when I see an elephant fly, I seen the front porch swing, heard a diamond ring. I seen a polka dot railroad tie. But I be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. <laughs> Clothes are the raven bug. And they tell me that a man made a vegetable truck. I didn't see that. I only heard. Just to be sociable, I'll take your word. I heard a fireside chat. I saw a baseball man. And I just laughed till I thought I'd die. But I'll be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. Bow, bada let it do. Hey, 
Hey, this is Jeremy, the Spider Pan of the Neverland Podcast. And a huge congratulations to Jonathan and the entire Diz Radio team on eight years of being out here on the interwebs uh, and, and spreading the fun of Disney magic. I tell you what, that is a heck of an accomplishment for going on for eight years. Uh, I haven't even finished my fifth year yet, so that's a big milestone. So that is awesome, and congratulations, everybody, and keep doing what you're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, This is Alexa coming at you again with this week's episode of Disney Parks in 5. As you probably know, or you should know, unless you live under a rock, last week was Easter. As part of the spring festivities, each Disney park in the U.S. celebrated with a giant egg extravaganza Easter egg hunt. Guests could participate by purchasing a map from one of the guest relation areas, look for Disney-themed and Disney character-themed eggs scattered all around each park. It was lots of fun, and I think it's still going on now for a limited time, so if you missed it, don't worry, you can still catch it. Starting off in Walt Disney World, Disney Parks blog just announced that a new digital keys feature will be coming soon to the My Disney Experience app. 
With the recently introduced features like the mobile order and online check-in that are providing families and friends with additional choices to make their vacation even more enjoyable and convenient, just on April 2nd, they announced that they were unveiling another exciting app feature, a digital key. It's coming soon to Disney's Wilderness Lodge. This new feature will allow guests to quickly unlock their hotel room using a digital key on their mobile devices providing them with another seamless room entry option that brings added ease and flexibility to their experience. I think it's similar to the Magic Bands. Guests can also use their digital key to unlock their hotel entrance gate and common area doors requiring a key, including pools, fitness centers, elevators, and club level lounges. Arriving travel parties that have checked in online may even use their digital key to bypass the need to visit the front desk, giving them the opportunity to go directly to their room when it is ready and start their vacation even faster. The feature represents the latest evolution of keyless room entry, which is used in the Magic Band, so that you can either use the your phone or your Magic Band, or both. To use your digital key, guests can opt at opt in and activate their feature on their check-in day through a brief setup process in the app. To enter their room, guests tap the unlock door button and then simply hold their phone against the door lock. Sounds super cool and super simple. Moving on to Disneyland, as part of Pixar Fest coming soon, they are going to change Pizza Port to Pizza Planet from Toy Story in Tomorrowland and it'll be alien themed like the movie. Also, the Main Street USA refurbishment is finally complete. Now you can walk around Main Street without running into a bunch of walls. The red brick surrounding the tracks looks gorgeous. This week is one of the last weeks to get your glimpse, your final glimpse of Pirates of the Caribbean, the auction scene as we know it now, with the redhead and everything when they're auctioning off the brides, before they change it to what it's going to be with the redhead auctioning off other goods. If that part has a special place in your heart, be sure to get there and see it soon. Thanks for listening to Disney Parks and 5 with me, Alexa. You can find me on my YouTube channel title I I changed the name. It's called Theme Park Author. You can also find me on Instagram, Theme Park Author Alexa. Email me at A-L-E-X-A, that's Alexa at DizRadio.com. I have two Walt Disney World books and one Disneyland book, all containing 1,001 facts about each park, titled Disney Till You're Dizzy. Always remember that there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day, and tune in next time for more Disney Parks in 5. Hey, hey, it's JoJo Circus. JoJo, JoJo Circus. Hey, everyone, it's time for JoJo Circus. JoJo, JoJo Circus. Get on your feet, we're gonna have some fun. Come on, everybody. Come on, do it with us. Hooray, hooray, we're going to JoJo Circus. JoJo, JoJo Circus. Jump and play this fun for everyone. Hey, hey, come on, clap your hands now. JoJo, come on, jump up high. Circus, come on, do it. This summer, the Disney Channel's going totally circus. Let's go, Festivities begin! Yeah, what would you rather have, food or boys? Boys! Every summer, kids just...
together. It's just like having a lot of brothers and sisters. And they totally live the circus life. So come watch the world's only kids' circus. Totally Circus premieres Friday at 4, 3 Central for Zoo Weekends. Nothing like it anywhere in the world. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I know you're sitting there scratching your head going, why is this guy back? First, he saved us from news, he spared us from that, and now he's stopping back once again. Well, yes, I just wanted to stop in one more time here. I just got to say, sitting here, creating the show this week, going with the D-Team, all of our congratulations from all of our listeners and fellow podcasters, and so much more, it just makes me realize how unique and different the show is. It is definitely a different kind of take of a Disney show, and I have to say, when I first started Diz Radio, I didn't know what anyone was going to think about it. I created a show that I wanted to hear, something that I would have been interested in, something that I know I wanted to pass my time away. And with that, it was the kind of thing where when I had to find team, you have to find the right team. That is the biggest thing. You have to find the right people behind it. And over the years, we've had many team cross our paths. You know, people had to move on because of life instances. Whatever it may be, our team has always been a truly genuine team. You may have noticed that, you know, we are always a team, no matter what. Even when we move on, they are still part of the team, no matter what. And that is the thing that I love truly about this show, is our team is unique, it's different, and they are ready to jump into something that is a very different Disney online show. And I have to say that when presenting that to them, hopefully it's one of those moments where I'm telling them, this is the way it's going to be, and here's what you can do, and you open up their eyes to an all-different world, a different way of doing Disney radio, and doing a Disney radio show, and creating this content that is entirely different than other ways it's presented out there. And, you know, hopefully they come alive from it. create this like fire and burn that is truly different and I hope that's the same for all of you D heads now I know I'm just rambling here once again but you D heads I hope that we introduced you to something that is different unique fun and after you experience Diz Radio you really do look at Disney movies differently or actors or the way you're opening up to different things because we truly do put our heart and soul into every single show here at Diz Radio. We do put every ounce of blood, sweat, tears uh, making this show, creating something that I feel is of high quality, something that I want you to enjoy and really just be able to put on and you just can't stop it and it's just one of those things. Now I know I'm just rambling on here but I had to stop in and just say I hope that it creates this come alive moment. This moment where you realize there's more to Disney than just going to the parks. There's more to Disney than animated movies. There's more to Disney than just the toys or Disney Channel. That there's this gigantic world out there that still comes together. Comes together like the greatest show on earth. You all come together. You're all different backgrounds. The biggest biker guy with tattoos all over is talking about how much he loves Mickey Mouse. Or maybe it's that housewife at home who loves Disney, wants to pass it on to her children. Or maybe people like myself, a father of four who has fond memories of growing up, experiencing Disney, and I pass these on to my children as well. It's not just our world, it's a world that we want everybody to enjoy, because in a world where everything is the anti-hero, everything has to be gritty or realistic or that won't really happen, once in a while, it's nice to have whimsy. It's nice to have magical. It's nice to have a world of possibilities that might be unrealistic, that might have you reach for the stars. But you know what? Is that a bad thing to have something that's just 
happy and fun and you leave feeling good for once? Is it wrong to have that thing where you can sit down as a family and enjoy it together and not have to worry about the content either being too little kitty for all the adults listening or too over the kids' heads or language that no one's going to be able to handle? It's just one of those moments that I hope we're creating a show that is something that everybody can enjoy. And when you're finished with it every single week, you walk away with a smile because having those smiles, having the magic, that truly is what Disney is about. It's about family. Think about Walt Disney sitting on that bench, looking at the carousel, coming up with the reason to have Disneyland, a place where families can have fun together. And that's how I look at Diz Radio. It is a place where the family can listen together. It's that place where you don't have to worry about anything bad or bad content or having it be too kitty. It is enjoyable for all. So enough with my ramblings here. I just had to pop in one more time before we have our very special guest, none other than the last ringmaster from Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus, Jonathan Lee Iverson. And I'm excited for this because I was truly saddened when the circus officially closed down, my children are still having trouble realizing that they can't go to the circus anymore because it has been a family tradition since I was a child going to the circus. So I am sad to see this one go as well. So with that said, all of you D-heads, I'm going to release the reins here once again to the D-team. The next time you hear me, I am going to have the last ringmaster for Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus to help us with our greatest show on earth for our eight-year anniversary here at Diz Radio, and I hope by listening to this show, there is a moment where you come alive. You can never turn back. That magic is lit up inside of your body, and the rest of your day continues to be magical. You stumble through your days, got your head hung low, your sky's a shade of gray, like a zombie in a maze. You're asleep inside, but you can shake awake Cause you're just a dead man walking, thinking that's your only option But you can flip the switch and brighten up your darkest day Sun is up and the color's blinding, take the world and redefine it Leave behind your narrow mind, you'll never be the same Come alive, come alive, go and light your light Let it burn so bright, reach it up to the sky and it's open wide you're electrified and the world becomes a fantasy and you're more than you could ever be because you're dreaming with your eyes wide open and you know you can't go back again to the world that you were living in because you're dreaming with your eyes wide open so come alive
Hey there, D-Heads. This is Chris. And Megan. From the Go Mouse Scouts podcast. And we just wanted to wish you a very happy anniversary and eighth birthday. Really, you guys don't look a day past seven and a half, but seriously, congratulations on your milestone. Here's to many more years of great content and engaging with the Disney community. Keep up the great work. Keep up. Keep up Wait. the great work. That was supposed to be both of us. Keep up the great work. Okay, let's go. try it again. It Here we go. One, two, three. Keep, Keep up, up the, the great, great work. Hello everyone, I'm Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you are new to the segment, a short leash isn't the new corporate branding for the magic bands. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacations when they are short on time and short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. As I said last time, I'm back from a short leash, practically solo, work-related trip, and if you listened to the last few segments, I covered my plans for this four-day excursion. Now that I'm back, I can share with you what I did, what I didn't, and we'll also cover if things went according to plan. This was day two of my trip, and it was mostly work-related. I spent most of the day in the backstage area across the street from Disney Springs, and from about 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., I was busy with the logistics of performing on the dock stage. I mean, the waterside stage. I mean the Marketplace stage. This place has had more names than Puff Daddy. Anyway, if you've never been to Disney Springs, there's a stage, and they keep on renaming it things. Also, if you've never been to Disney Springs, it's a nice place to eat and shop, and if you like to do both of those things, go there. My earliest trips to Walt Disney World were work-related. Every year, my father would go to conferences in Orlando over President's Weekend. After he was done, he'd meet my mother and I in the park. Singular. Yes, there was only one park there at the time. So this day must have been what it was like for him. It was uh, business, and maybe a quick sampling of the theme park kind of snuck in. I did get enough of a break for a snack at Disney Springs, and as promised, I had the poutine. Not that gravy-laden cheese-clunk classic poutine. No, I had the Italian poutine, with french fries covered in pizza sauce and mozzarella the way it was meant to be. I was tipped off that somewhere in Disney Springs there's a fish and chips that's even better than the fish and chips at Epcot. So now I have a quest for next time. Some people search for enlightenment, some people search for happiness, some people search for the Ark of the Covenant. I will search for amazing Disney Springs fish and chips. That should totally be the next Indiana Jones movie. Why does he always have to be trying to find some mythical artifact of supernatural powers? Harrison Ford is like 114 years old, and it seems like he only did that stuff like four times, and two out of the four times it was totally lame. I bet most days it's probably Indiana Jones in the search for the great corned beef hash. We may all be a little bit more like Indy than we thought. I banked my meal ticket that day for another time since the poutine was plenty for lunch. Eventually, work duties were over, so it was finally park time. My park day was scheduled for Hollywood Studios, since it wasn't going to begin until 6 p.m. Hollywood Studios seemed to be an appropriate choice, since a good chunk of the park is under construction. Toy Story Land is a few months away from opening, Star Wars a few years, the great movie ride is closed, so it just made sense for a quick stop. Fast passes were obtained for the Tower of Terror and Toy Story Mania. Muppets and Single Rider Rock and Roller Coaster with a possible stop at Star Tours was on the list, but never happened. I was traveling with co-worker friends, and with all the Disney Springs performances, they missed lunch. The poutine Nazis said no poutine for them, so they were starving. Hollywood Studios is a good place to be hungry because Hollywood Studios is one of the only places that my family still makes table service reservations while still in a park. Early on, we were all about it. With small children, the character dining was fun and an efficient way to kill two birds with one stone. 
We get the rest a bit while eating and the kids can see princesses or chipmunks or something. And how in the world is a restaurant filled with wilderness animals, most without hairnets or pants, not a health code violation? Where was I? Oh yes, the kids became more plentiful and older and the character dinings gave way to counter service for quicker, cheaper, and what's often for us better food. I have to say Hollywood Studios is the exception. The 50's primetime cafe and the sci-fi dine-in are both our lunch and dinner staples. During the fireworks, we hit the outdoor Brown Derby Lounge, which is close proximity to the show, with our great small plate menus, desserts, and if you're so inclined, they'll bring you the food from inside the restaurant outside to you as well. Surrounded by poutine-deprived hungry people after the Tower of Terror, we put the rides on the back burner in favor of flavor. We checked our meal ticket, and like Thor's hammer at a Nickelback concert, we couldn't find any counter-service restaurant worthy. So, we hit the Brown Derby Lounge and ordered the menu. We had all the hits. Charcuterie board, check. Steam buns, check. Derby sliders, check. Pork belly, check. Two dessert trios with every dessert, check. That is a sextuplet of dessert, people. So, it wasn't the improvised fireworks dinner party that I'd imagined being earlier than planned, but it was tasty and satisfying nonetheless. We still had a fast pass to burn at Toy Story Mania and off we went. I was doing great. I was shooting stuff at the top and at the bottom and they have the large point totals. Like Randall from Monsters Incorporated, I was putting up some big numbers. And then I noticed the score of the 8 year old they placed in our car with us. And now there was no way to feel good about this situation. If I lost, I got beat by an 8 year old. If I won, I beat an 8 year old. Well, that kid's gonna have to get over it. No participation trophy here, buddy. Work harder next time. After trouncing and destroying the dreams of some strange little kid, the park was closing. Yep, two rides, not great, but the siren song that is the Hollywood Brown Derby Lounge got us. We made our way to the Star Wars fireworks show, and this is the second version of it I've seen. The first was several years ago. They played a bunch of music and sound clips from the movies and timed the fireworks to them. This show is far more produced of movies and stills projected on the Chinese theater. As a complete show, this was better. A lot more to see. As a fireworks show, not so much. When it was mostly just the music, there was far more exploding going on. It used to be like a scene from Apocalypse Now. And this is one of those times where not seeing what was there before would have been helpful. Like never knowing that you could be on Mr. Toad instead of Pooh. Or never seeing Horizons or the original Epcot Imagination Pavilion attractions. Or missing Godfather 1 and 2. What's there now is nice enough in a vacuum, but doesn't quite live up to the past or at least a rosy inflated memory of it. So three hours of park was enough time to do two rides, dinner, and fireworks. Doing it all over, I would have moved dinner to the fireworks time, thus getting the Muppets and Star Tours in. But hey, feeding your friends a 90% of a short plate menu before humiliating eight-year-olds on Toy Story. Well, that's short leash, people. I hope you enjoyed the tips. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at disradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at disradio.com. I also can be found on the internet at Twitter at WDWPlanTunes and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlanTunes or by visiting plantoons.com. There's a new Disney Mad Libs cartoon up there. Go check it out. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Next time, I'll report back with day three of the short lease trip. Thanks for listening. All aboard! Let's go! Casey Jr.'s coming down the track, coming down the track with a smoky stack. Hear him pop and coming round the hill. Casey's near the thrill, every jack and jill. Every time his funny little whistle sounds. Everybody hurries to the circus crowd. Time for lemonade and crack.
reality is, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, this is it. It's like if Broadway closed, you know, yeah, there would be some theater somewhere, but it's Broadway. I was well one of the trapeze flyers with the flying Tunisianis here at Britain. <laughs> Sorry again. Can we do it again? <laughs> I'm Jonathan Lee Iverson, ringmaster for Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, the greatest showner. Working with my wife, you know, it's just incredible, you know, especially when it comes to trapeze, it's something that you need a lot of trust. Well, growing up as a child, I had always come to see the circus with my family. And I always, like every child, wanted to grow up and run away at the circus. We grew up hearing about Ringling Brothers. As a kid, my dad was like, if you're good, you're always going to be working at the Ringling Brothers one day. So we're here. It's like we're making history. Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, the greatest show on earth presents Out of This World! Give me a round of applause. There's no other gig out here that stimulates me more. We love to see human beings overcome the impossible. That's why the circus exists. Well, I think the circus exists because it's a rare form of live entertainment that you see. There's no second takes, you know? Everyone is doing this the first time and they either have to nail it or that's it. And sometimes it's a matter of like risking your life to do some of these maneuvers. The circus opens the world to so many people. You know, you're awestruck by extraordinary talent. And not once do you go, I wonder if he's a Muslim. <laughs> you know, you're too busy with your mouth open or your eyes covered and being wowed and amazed by the breadth and depth of the human imagination. Ringling is so amazing is because it has been around for 146 years. You know, it's older than American baseball. It's older than Coca-Cola. Can you imagine waking up one morning and somebody said, there's no more Coca-Cola. You may never drink soda. And you still gonna be like, there's no more Coca-Cola. You crazy? I don't even like baseball. But if they said Major League Baseball is closing tomorrow, I kind of freak out, like, because you're going, what's next? And that's really the key is what's next. heartbreaking of this entire situation isn't so much the show closing, it's a culture ending. I encourage Americans to look at what it means culturally. Remember what it was like sitting in an audience. You saw people of every color, of every background, religion, lifestyle, what have you, and they all were doing what? Enjoying themselves. circus doesn't just happen under a tent or in an arena. The circus is really a spirit, and we've taken that spirit to children's hospitals, shelters, schools. But I think really the greatest thing we've done is we've brought 
so much joy. I'm really proud that I've been a part of that some way, that you've been a part of bringing some sort of light into someone's life. show her that's closing but we gotta move on you know the show the show the show must go on so let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood walk How do you do, D-Heads? It's Chaz back again with this week's edition of The Hollywood Walk. This week we're celebrating the show's 8-year anniversary. And what better way to celebrate this carnival of Disney fun than by having the last ringmaster of Barnum & Bailey Circus, Mr. Jonathan Lee Iverson. Jonathan is an infectious personality in the spotlight. He began his life as a performer with the Boys Choir of Harlem, performing around the globe for world leaders. By 22, he took the reins as the ringmaster of Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus being not only the youngest person to do so, but also the first African-American as well. Now, I know many of you are thinking, this is a Disney podcast. What does this have to do with Disney? Well, I'll tell you. While Jonathan may not have performed in a Disney production, he has performed in The Greatest Show on Earth, a major part of my childhood, and I'm willing to bet many of yours too. As evident in many Disney projects, it is also an influence on Walt Disney as well. From feature-length films like Dumbo and Toby Tyler, to TV shows like Dumbo Circus and JoJo Circus, and even a Golden Book's children's book like Walt Disney's Circus, the list of circus-related and inspired media in the Disney vaults is impressive, and I'd be willing to bet without the Ringling Brothers Circus, much of it would not have never existed. Well, that's all I have this week, but I'll be back again with another edition of The Hollywood Walk. If you have any comments, I can be reached at my email, and that is chaz at disradio.com. That's spelled C-H-A-Z at disradio.com. And up next is Jonathan with, well, Jonathan. As always, don't just fly, soar. Welcome to the greatest Brothers and Barnum and Bailey's Barnum's Phenundrum, celebrating 200 years of P.T. Barnum. So when the world's greatest wonders make a roaring stop in your hometown, you just can't miss it. The greatest show on earth just got greater. Come 60 minutes early for the all-access pre-show, free with your ticket. <laughs> Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that is movies, television, and more, one of those is something that Disney has touched upon many, many times. And that is the circus and the fun and the energy and all the different things among it. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to it. You know him as the ringmaster from Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus, 
We have none other than Jonathan Lee Iverson here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Thank you. How are you? It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, there's so many questions that are going through my mind that I could ask you. But I guess first off, I guess uh, what led you down the road of becoming a ringmaster at just the young age of 22? Just opportunity. There are three types of people who enter the circus that I've discovered. Um, they're circus babies. Those are the ones who really come from uh, a, a legacy of circus. Um, their, their, their families have been in it for generations, and so they're just indoctrinated into it. It's something that's really <laughs> not, that's really out of their hands. Then there are people who are uh, what I call the true runaways. Uh, those are the folks like uh, mostly clowns who, um, let's say, they they come to show their they have, you know, that kind of, you know, come to Jesus moment and they know what they want to do from then, then on or it may be an acrobat. You know, I know of a, a wonderful young lady who um, had a, a great corporate um, job and on just on a whim, really a compulsion even, she was drawn to the trapeze. And uh, she quit the job and went into intense training on the trapeze and before you know it, she was flying with Ringling Brothers. Um, and there are many stories like that, people who are just drawn to it uh, by some force. And then there are people like me, the opportunists, who may see the uh, they may see the ad in uh, one of the uh, uh, performing arts periodicals or, you know, some friend of a friend may recommend you. In my case, I was in the right audition at the right time. Um, I was auditioning for a dinner theater which so happened to be directed by the director of Ringling Brothers. And um, impressed with my audition, he uh, inquired if I would like to um, audition for Ringling Brothers' ringmaster as a singing ringmaster. He was really insistent on that. Um, singing ringmasters has been the stable for Ringling Brothers since the time of a man named Harold Rock that was back in the 1950s, I think 1950s, 60s or so, um, probably even the 70s, um, where he really was the uh, beginning of the singing remaster. And so that's really how it happened. So it was a matter of opportunity. <laughs> well, you know, and with that too, you know, you stuck with it so for so many years. So of course, you must have loved it. I guess, what was it like stepping into these shoes going, all right, I'm a ringmaster. And uh, I guess, what was it like realizing, all right, all eyes are on me, and it is my job to make this the most memorable, greatest show on earth. Well, that's the thing. All eyes aren't on you. Listen, you can be the most fabulous human being to ever walk the face of the earth. You can have the most incredible talent in the entire universe as a human being. But if a four-legged mammal walks out there, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Once, you know, an elephant walks on the floor... Once a lion, a tiger appears, even a dog appears, you you are second billing. So everyone in circus, in traditional circus, traditional circus being that with uh, uh, the celebration of living things having animals, understands that the animals are for top billing. Everyone comes to the circus for animals. Everyone comes to the circus for animals. It's not a circus without them. And so you understand as a human being, in a sense, that takes a lot of pressure off you, <laughs> you know. So, um, I mean, I, I, of course, I was, you know, bedazzled in really wonderful, fine uh, 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 costumes and things of 
Then they, but at the end of the day, the people come for the animals. Um, you do your best to sh- bet the best you can as a human being with whatever <laughs> field you I- you're in. But at the end of the day, they come for the animals. Well, you know, and with that too, like you said, so, you know, there's so many different elements to the circus and things that are going on and taking place. And, you know, you get to go out there, fancy costume, making it great. I guess when you're out there, even in those first years and all the way up until, you know, the circus ultimately had to close down, I guess with that, I guess how awesome was it walking out there every night and just seeing that wonder on all the children's eyes every night? Well, it was always wonderful because it was always new every time, and it was always fascinating to meet somebody um, who was there for their first time, usually an adult, which was always shocking to me because, you know, I always wondered, how did you grow grow up and never go to a circus? But it was wonderful nonetheless. (laughs) And um, there's something magical that happens to people when they experience circus for the first time. That's what I always look for was the, 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 the first-time circus-goer because, you know, the, the reaction was usually the same. They understood why it was called the greatest show on earth. They were always blown away. They were always just awe-inspired, and they usually couldn't point to one thing. It was the event. It was the entire uh, mix of everything. Well, you know, and with that, too, then, I guess, you know, on the flip side, did you go out every night and you were just always in that same awe as well, just loving your job? Um, No. You know, some human beings, some nights, you know, you just want to get through it. Uh, You know, some nights are better, some shows are better than others. Uh, Most of the time, you're very grateful and you just do it. Sometimes you're just going with the motions. Um, But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's up and down, it's whatever. But I would say most of the time, uh, it was always exciting in some way, and how could it not be? I mean, people are flying, they're talking to animals, they're doing exciting and incredible things. Now, over the amount of years that you've done it, I guess with the incredible things, is there ever been one act where you went out there and it just blew you away, and to this day you're still like, man, that was the most amazing thing I had ever seen? No, it was always the globe of, uh, well, what used to be called the globe of death, then they called it the globe of steel because, you know, you had to be politically correct because you know we're not (laughs) supposed to die Uh, but uh, it was always the globe of death Um, and that was the motorcycles that would be just going um, within inches of each other at at really top speed sometimes they put a young lady in the middle of it it was always exciting to watch because um, you know I always called it you know extreme mathematics because it really was you know I mean it was just you know these interesting patterns and you know it just took one person to be off for that whole thing to collapse and it was just it was it was a heart attack to watch (laughs) day in and day out but it was incredible and i always admired that act now you know you must have loved it enough where you stuck with it for so many years and going out there all these performances now i guess i i I have to say though you know i myself growing up you know i'm comparable in age as you too so i you know myself growing up it was always fun uh, thinking about i'm going to be a ringmaster i'm going to be in the circus what was it like being able to put on really nice ringmaster costumes Oh man, that that was awesome. I mean, it's like you, you remask costumes; you have a life of their own. And so, you know, if you're not up for the show, they'll get you up. You know, um, it's really wonderful. I, it, it, you really feel like a million bucks. You know, I always joke that I felt like you know Little Richard and uh, 
Liberace had a had an adopted son or something, you know. I mean, <laughs> that's what I felt like. I mean, you feel so glamorous, and you feel like you have to live up to that. You know, you feel like you have to live up to that, and so I think it makes you reach the standard. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those where you put that on, you can't help but feel feel good, feel great. You know, top hats and you know, shiny and tails and. It's always fun. Well, and over the years, you've done a lot of different shows, you know, and I'm sure sometimes they blur together or whatnot. Was there ever one themed show that was your absolute favorite? Like, I remember Legends was always a really good one as well. Is there one to you that still was the best year touring? Oh, wow. That's a complicated question because uh, for me, I have uh, my favorite. I would, I would actually say overall, if I had to choose, Overall, and it's very hard. It's between my very first show, The Living Carousel, and um, and uh, and Dragon. Uh, I love the music in both. I love the acts in both. The quality of the shows were top tier. There were curiosities in the shows. Um, it, 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 each of those shows, the the the, I, I thought were exactly what circus was all about um and i really enjoyed those tours dragons more so um because we actually ventured to mexico with that one so i think i would edge out dragons because um that was the tour i went on where um i got to do the entire show in spanish um during our mexican run for five weeks and that was such an exciting run um, and that was something I look forward to doing more often. Um, but that, that was a tour that I really, really, uh, enjoyed. Well, you know, and I remember seeing dragons as well, cause you know, it's always been a staple in uh, our household to go to see the circus. And I do remember what you're, what you're saying. I remember that one because it was that, uh, it, it had that circus feel. I guess that's the best way to put it is you left there and you felt like you just saw the circus, not just a show. Right, right. Now, I guess with so many different things over the years, you know, Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus, uh, you know, over the years, it's always been up and down, lots of crowds, whatnot, but it's always remained the greatest show on earth. Now, with that and being part of all these great people out there that are doing crazy feats and so much more, I guess being on the road with everybody, did you all just become this, I guess, close-knit family? Um, For the most part, yes. Uh, and it was like any neighborhood, you know, you have people you get along with, people you could care less for, people you fall in love with, people you can't wait till their contracts up or they get fired. I mean, it's like any community. Um, ours is very unique because we're there all the time. And that's, uh, for better or for worse, you know, because you're living with them, you know, you're traveling on a train. Um, that's about a mile long. You have your own living quarters there. So we don't live out of our suitcases. We were traveling and, and playing and working and, and barbecuing and, you know, having fun together all the time. So your community went with you. And that was a great advantage. And sometimes it could be a headache, too. Now, I guess with this, too, like you said, there's always people that, you know, you enjoy working with, whatnot. And, of course, people, you know, move on and continue on. Now, of course, uh, with that and over the years, 
you know, being part of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey and, and doing all these great moments, I guess over the years, have you ever been approached uh, not during a show where somebody has caught your performance or whatnot? And to them, you still just had that memory for them that is going to last forever, whether that was first time at the circus or that family memory that they went out with their mom and dad or has anybody ever approached you and told you exactly what it meant to them being there that night sure um plenty of times uh, one in particular was in jacksonville florida uh when i i i happened into this family who was just having too good of a time and so i had to meet them i mean they were they were out to enjoy the circus the mother was dressed up like a, a clown and she had on a colorful wig, and she's a beautiful lady, and her two sons were with her. One son was dressed like the ringmaster. The other was dressed like a clown, and um, they were in the front row. And, I mean, everything we did, I mean, the crew would come out, and they would cheer. I mean, they just were so into the show. And so I thought to myself, well, i got to meet these people because they're just having too great of a time, and I need some of their energy. And um, I went over to meet them, and, I mean, they just, I, they almost kidnapped me. They hugged me so tight. And um, the mother just looked me in the face and she said, you know, this means so much to us. We come every year because um, my son here, who was dressed as ringmaster, she said he is autistic. And she said for the first four years of his life, he, he didn't say a word. The first time he spoke was when we came to the circus. And that's why we come every year. And I was just stunned by that. I mean, I'm in the middle of a show, and I'm about to tear up, and i got to go and make some announcements. I was just floored, you know. Um, there are all kinds of stories like that, you know, how deeply the show touches people. And, you know, I think as a professional, that really um, gave me an understanding of how deep and far-reaching um, the American treasure known as Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey really is. It's not just about popcorn and sort of streams. It's really about reaching people where they are. And, and there's so many, and there's just a plethora of stories I could give you um, of people's reactions that really, it wasn't what we would expect. We didn't expect the circus to be that to somebody. You know, I had someone who wrote me from West Virginia about the fact that they were going to commit suicide after seeing the show. And they just wanted to see it one last time, and then they were going to go take their lives. And somehow during the course of watching the show, they began to see how they could face their problem, and namely by watching um, our trainer then, uh, Alexander Lacey, and his Lions and Tigers. And for some reason, something about his act, made them really reconsider and they just <laughs> he wrote me and thanked me and said um you know you know i feel like i can go on and i can do um you know maybe i'll join the circus one day and help somebody like you all help me well you know and like you said those are the kind of things too where those are stories that are they're deep and they're meaningful and it's not just here's a throwaway evening it is something that is memorable and like i said i grew up going with my family to the circus and i have those same kind of memories now with that you know you also were part of many firsts of course and being the first african-american ringmaster in the history of the circus what was it like being able to carry that torch as something groundbreaking and and monumental as that well to uh make a correction in the history of uh, a major circus um at least with ringling brothers i don't know about others 
But, um, uh, you know, it was something that I really, uh, it was a fascinating thing I tussled with because on one hand, um, it, in many respects, if you really think about it, it it's really um, an indictment on our society uh, as a whole that that even has to be. Um, and it, it's an indictment that as a nation, we haven't lived up to our ideal. And we continue to have a uh, a, a ways to go because certainly there were plenty of uh, people who looked like me or maybe have been a little lighter or darker or, or, or maybe a female who could have done an exceptional job uh, way back when, long before I was born. But because of um, the way our society has been structured, um, because America has not always lived up to her highest ideals, you know, you had to wait 129 years <laughs> for that to happen. Um, on the other side of it, uh, it was always a, a tender moment for me to meet um, African-American men and women who really experienced the, the, just the, the brutal side of racism. You know, I think my generation, well, no, who really, really, really experienced Experience, you know, the, the really hot, brutal aspects of it, um, who lived it every day, who lived Jim Crow. I met these two lovely ladies back in Alabama who were ushers at the um, arena there, and they told me, I mean, they, I noticed they kept looking at me, and they had these big old smiles, and, and um, you know, I always talk to the personnel at, at these arenas. They were always so welcoming and nice, and they become familiar with you because we're there so long. And, um, you know, one of the ladies said, you know, son, she said, we can go to the carnival. We can go to the circus um, when I was a girl. We can go there. And just seeing you out here in the middle of all this, she said, you just have no idea how good it makes us feel. And I had a similar experience with my own grandfather. My grandparents came to the show when I was in Chicago, and they happened to be visiting, and they were there. And my grandfather and grandmother, they turned into little six-year-olds watching the show. And my grandfather was just, just like most circus, well, most people who see uh, The Greatest Show on Earth, he was blown away by it. And then he said, you know, he said, look, he said, he used to call me Johnny Boy. He said, Johnny Boy? tell you there was a time where I couldn't sit where I wanted to, and here I am. I get to sit anywhere I want to, and here's my grandson in the middle of everything, you know. And so in that light, um, it really matters. And also in the fact that, you know, there were plenty of young people um, who would come to the show, and, you know, I remember meeting uh, – I had parents who had adopted uh, children or parents with their children. And they would be, you know, these kids were enamored by the fact that, you know, I was the guy in the middle who looked like them because the ringmaster is the boss in their mind. <laughs> and the ringmaster sets all this up. <laughs> you know, he's the one who owns all these acts, and I'm responsible for all this. Now, that's, that's not always a good thing when, you know, you have a complaining customer. But, you know, in their minds, you know, the ringmaster, he's the kingfish. And for them to see me, and I look like them, um, would made made a huge difference to their experience. 
because it opened up possibility, you know. And when you look at uh, the history of media, all corners of media, and its portrayal of black people, in particular black men, um, it is not good. Um, I always, you know, I joke with my friends. I said, you know, black people have always known about fake news. You know, it, it has not been a great portrayal, and it still isn't in many respects in many corners. In fact, much of your narrative, how you even think of a black person, is based on the movies you've seen, the news you see, and how it's reported, and, you know, the music you may hear, and all those things. And so when you see something else, or you see an image that, um, is a complete contradiction of everything you've been taught and indoctrinated to believe, it, it makes a difference, not only about another person, but maybe about yourself. I think it does make a, a big difference. So in that light, it was a very important mission for me to um, purport myself as best as I could at all times. Well, and, and like you said, too, it's one of those where it's inspired so many other people. And it was this shift and this big I, this big statement without, you know, being over the top that way. But people who are going, they see this and it means something to them. And it was this great shift into uh, the future and how different, uh, you know, things could be. And, you know, with that, I guess, with being the future, changing things and whatnot, that also led to the, uh, I guess, the sad closing of the circus, which I personally was sad to see it go, as I know millions of people were. Um, I know it was a business venture, uh, you know, that they had to make that decision. But what was it like the first time you guys were in the room and they kind of told you all, all right, we are going to start winding things down? Well, personally, um, among the... Uh the show personnel we'd been it'd been whispered nobody knew anything for certain but i i knew with that meeting because it was so odd it came out of nowhere and we knew um that they were making some announcement of that kind and it was a terrible terrible thing and it was a terrible thing to do personally um i have my personal theories of it i really don't think it had to come down to that but you know, there are many reasons why it closed. Um, namely, you know, the audience wasn't there. And at, at bottom, if people aren't coming, um, you know, no matter how good you, it doesn't matter if you're the greatest show on earth. If they're not coming, well, you can't, uh, you can't run a business like that. I mean, and it's a, it's a very expensive endeavor, you know, uh, the travel, the operations of it. It's extremely expensive. And so you need people to be coming and, and buying the popcorn and, and sitting in the seats. But also, you know, on the other hand, well, you say, well, they weren't coming. Well, why? Um, and I am of the belief that, uh, and I still say it, and I've never been shy about it, I don't think in the last decade or so um, we've been very good at um, marketing ourselves and telling our own story and, and really – um, blowing our horn to the public and really um, letting them in enough, uh, you know, I, I think we were missing in action on the World Wide Web. I think our, you know, as far as I was concerned, we just didn't do the work necessary to really draw the people in. And that's unfortunate because how hard is it to draw people into seeing people who can fly and talk to animals? 
you know, and I often quip that, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what, what would, can you imagine what P.T. Barnum would do with the World Wide Web? And here we have all the designation and all these experts, you know, these focus groups and all this stuff, and these people can't seem to figure out how to sell the greatest show on earth. It's really not that hard. It just isn't. And um, I just think those who ran it really just dropped the ball in that respect. It wasn't just a matter of people just stopped coming because they just lost interest. People are always going to be interested in wonder and miracles. It's our responsibility to get it to them. Look, televangelists have been doing it for decades. <laughs> you know, you still have people sitting in for prayer cloth. You know, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. So, I mean, everything comes down to how well do you sell your product. And um, quite frankly, we didn't sell it well enough. Many people have mentioned the issue of the animals, and that's another disappointing factor because, you know, as far as animals were concerned, we were actually uh, on the upswing with that. We actually uh, uh, won a settlement of $25 million dollars in total of 9.3 from the ASPCA, 15.75 million from the uh, Humane Society of the United States, who it is whispered the Better Business Bureau is dropping their accreditation, and that should give people a closer look into what that organization is about. But we, we did all that. But again, you know, we didn't blow our own horn. You know, we didn't say anything about that. And of course, when you dismiss the biggest stars in the world, the elephant, well, of course people are going to stop coming. You know, that's why they came. And I don't know who, like, thought that was a good idea, because it certainly wasn't. And to be quite frank with you, I knew then the show was over. No matter what they said, I knew it was over. And they knew it was over. They're too intelligent not to know. There's no in the world Ringland Brothers was going to survive uh without elephants or without animals of any kind. There's just no way that's going to happen. Well, definitely. And like you said, too, I mean, I work in advertising and marketing, and that was the biggest thing. I mean, when it would come to town or things like that, it's just more, hey, here's a circus back into town. No, you need to tell people why it's so great and why it's so awesome, which is what we always did with our friends and family. We had to tell them because if the advertising is there, you're going to make them realize, you know what, we need to put down the iPad for a little bit and check out something in the real world, and they would have came. Now, I guess with that, that final performance, you know, I, of course, couldn't be there, but I watched it on YouTube, and it was very heartfelt. You could see it in everybody's eyes, all the emotion, um, the the way it felt. I guess with that final goodbye, was it hard just to walk off the stage that last time that night? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was really busy uh, the whole weekend. And um, so I think at least for me, my focus was on packing. Um, and so, you know, I just I just wanted to get through it. Um, I wasn't really going – I wasn't in that emotional state. It just was what it was. Um, and, of course, people were, you know, mainly people are just worried about what they're going to do with their lives. And so uh, I think as people figure it out, you know, people found other opportunities um, after the announcement. You know, I, I think – they settled down. I think most of the emotion was about, hey, I'm going to miss my colleagues and friends, and um, that's about it. Of course, there was the embarrassment um, of a great 
American institution being closed. That was problematic. I think that's what hurt most. You know, we were always going to leave. We're performing artists. You're always going to move on. That's what you do. But you were hoping that this institution would be around for your children's children's children, you know, and maybe you could be there on your walker going, hey, I used to be there, and, oh, I used to dally around with that that showgirl over there. You know, I mean, you could have stories to tell. I mean, there's nothing there anymore. It's just a memory, and it's unfortunate. Well, you know, and with that, too, because, you know, I've introduced it to my children. And, you know, of course, you know, a couple of my kids are having a hard time realizing they can't go see the greatest show on earth this year. I guess with that, do you ever foresee somebody picking up the reins and saying, let's bring this back in some capacity? I mean, if not immediately, at least maybe years down the road, somebody going, we need to bring this back. Well, I mean, that would be up to the owners of it. I mean, uh, they didn't sell it. Uh, they still own the name. No one knows what they want to do with it or are going to do with it. Um, they didn't want to sell it, which was strange because you don't want to run it. So, I mean, nobody knows. It, it would be nice. Um, but I think as a society, we're so distracted and so into ourselves that it probably wouldn't, it would probably matter for a moment and then, you know, go back to business and selfies as usual. Um, you know, the circus is an engagement genre. You have to be engaged. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of living. Um, it goes beyond um, just a show. And that's really the wonder of the circus is its ability to bring all sorts of people together to create something rather magical. It was the template to the world for peace. It was the template for us functioning, and it happened in the circus. Circus, the Latin root meaning circle. So it's possible to bring people from every background, faith, color, lifestyle, you name it, and put them together and in a place where they're interdependent upon one another and to create something that is enjoyable, that is good for the soul, um, that it's just magical, you know. Uh, I think that's that's the big thing to me. Um, I think that's what I always wanted people to leave with. And here we are in a country that is more divided than ever, you know. And I always it always amuses me, you know, when I hear people that so they harp about immigrants and dreamers and all of this stuff. But these are the same people coming to the show for 146 years, applauding immigrants. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and applauding people different from themselves, you know, and applauding Muslims and gays. And they didn't question it because you were entertained and you enjoyed yourself and you were involved in something that was beautiful, that was innocent. You didn't have to, it didn't violate your imagination. You could leave, your children's minds were safe with us. Um, you didn't, never did you have to cover your eyes unless you were a little frightened. But, um, other than that, you, you, you left with your imagination unstained. And, um, I think there's nothing else in entertainment like that. Nothing else. Not even in a lot of these cartoons and 
alleged children's entertainment. Definitely. Well, you know, and like you said, too, you know, there's so many different things and facets and elements and levels to the circus. Now, I guess with that, we don't want to keep you too long here, but I guess, you know, the circus ended up, you know, shutting down the final performance just months before The Greatest Showman hit theaters, which, of course, sparked an all new love for people who may not even have wanted to see the circus, but now did. Um, do you think if they if you guys could have held out just a couple months more until that hit theaters, it would have helped a little bit? You know, that's been kind of the discussion among the circus community. I mean, everybody kind of went, when that movie came out, everybody went like, we basically threw our hands up. And it only testified to the incompetence of those selling it. Um, Because they had to know, they had to know this movie was coming out and that it would put like a boost of, uh, uh, curiosity in the minds of the public. So, I mean, you know, it's things like that where you just go, okay, well, obviously these folks just, their hearts weren't in it. Um, because you pay attention to stuff like that. Um, and without a shadow of a doubt, um, that movie would have ignited a new and a refreshed sort of curiosity into the world of the circus. And unfortunately, we'll never know. Um, but it just it just testifies to what happens when you know the thing about the circus is this: if you notice, most circus circuses aren't run by billionaires. They're not, and that's nothing against billionaires. But what I'm saying is, as this one comedian said, you get money to get away from people, <laughs> and when you get that kind of money, you don't really want to dirty your hands, nor should you have to. You pay people to do that. Um, and the reality is circus is unique to so many different entertainment uh, uh, genres. You can set up a movie. You can set up a TV show. You can set up a theater uh, production and walk away from it. You can't do that with circus because it's a living, breathing thing. And so when you own a circus, nine times out of ten, I can assure you, anybody who owns a circus, you're likely going to see that owner somewhere in the muck and mire of setting that tent up, building it, doing they have You have to get your hands dirty. You have to be involved in it. You have to understand every nook and cranny that goes into it. You can't just, you know, leave it to to a bunch of people and hope for the best. It, it's something you really have to put your heart into. And if your heart isn't really into it, then, you know, yeah, you shouldn't do it. You really shouldn't do it. And um, in that respect, no, I can't blame them for stopping it. Now, I guess in closing here, you know, so many different things, you know, so many different facets and more conversations I could probably go on and on with you about. But I guess in closing here, I mean, so many different things, so many people's lives you've touched, everything that uh, every performance that you have done and people who have these great fond memories. And uh, is there anything you'd like to leave out there for all those listening in who have had a chance to either, you know, see you perform personally or have just seen the greatest show on earth? Earth or anything like that for all those dreamers and people that are listening in right now from Jonathan to them? Um, listen, I always tell people keep the circus alive inside you. Um, and, and that means keep the principles in there. Be open to possibilities. Be open to the impossibilities within yourself. Um, you know, uh, the world is 
a lot more magical than you realize, but you have to engage. You have to be engaged. You have to be tuned in. And you have to be open to being wrong about your narratives of other people um, and your narratives about yourself. You know, there's a lot you discover when you engage with other people, when you engage with human beings, and when you engage with those different than yourselves. It's, I tell you, the 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 um, uh, the payoff is so beneficial. You know, as a result of the circus, I have a lifetime friendship and camaraderie with people who I would have never even met. I would have never given the time of day, and I'm sure they would have never given me the time of day uh, had it not been for the greatest show on earth. Um, you know, I mean, in fact, I wouldn't even have my family if it wasn't for the greatest show on earth. I mean, so I, I challenge people, and I know a lot of people who wouldn't have theirs if it wasn't for the greatest show on earth. So I challenge people to, you know, we have to be more open and to remember um, that, you know, there are no others. They're just your neighbors, you know. Um, we don't have others. We're just neighbors. And um, be more neighborly, you know. I mean, I think that was the message of Mr. Rogers, you know. And, and you'll see in all forms of pure, good-willed entertainment uh, that respects the time and imagination of people, especially children, you'll see that theme in there somewhere about neighborliness and, and about the, the, the uh, dignity of humanity um, and respecting it at all times. Definitely. Well, you know, great words of wisdom, ways to leave this legacy for all of our listeners and generations to come. And you know, like I said, the greatest show on earth will always be missed. It doesn't mean you're slowing down. You're continuing on. You're a performing artist. So, you know, you're always busy as well. So thank you, Jonathan, once again, for taking time, stopping in. And, you know, I'm holding out that maybe one day we'll be able to see you don the ringmaster outfit once again and have this resurgence in the circus. Thank you. Nicole Feld and Alana Feld are proud to present Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Welcome to the greatest show on earth. Your in your heart and the will to be best. Can you fly like a dragon? To the east, to the west. Brave from the start, put your strength to the test. Do you have inside the spirit of the dragon?
Over the last few weeks in March, I was able to experience a wonderful trip down at the Walt Disney World Resort. I haven't returned it since my very first time with my family back in September 1996, and quite an experience it was. And with the experience of enjoying the resort, I was able to have fun with the Magic Bands during my trip. And for those who are not familiar with the Magic Bands, and like including myself, Magic Bands is a way of using an RFID、um, technology chip where you can use it to use keyless entry to your hotel room, as well as making purchases through certain resorts and as well restaurants. With this new technology, you are able to customize for other. You can customize it with other little gems at the Disney store, retail stores throughout the resort, and as well at the theme parks, where you can add gems, little Disney APR、um, pass holder gems as well. You can add stickers, and so much fun the way to customize. As we're moving closer and closer to using our even our smartphone devices, looks like another way to add the plus to the magic, where you can instead of using a magic band, you're able to use a keyless door entry by using your smartphone. Disney announced where you can be using your smartphone with the Bluetooth technology chip. With most of the smartphones nowadays, is able to allow yourself to enter your hotel room with using your smartphone. Now Disney is going to be rolling this out over at the Disney's Wilderness Lodge Resort, where you can use your phone, have it set up via check room online, on the Disney My Disney Experience app. Now you can also you you can use it as well through the website by setting up before you can bypass the front entrance, and as well you can use it for other things. As Disney is still testing out this new technology through using your phone. Well, again, with all the fun ways you can use it, you can open your hotel room. You can go to special areas, as common areas such as pool, as well fun gatherings, for lounges, and so many more options that Disney is working on. What's your thoughts? Do you prefer using the Magic Band for your stay, or do you want to rather use your smartphone device by using your keyless entry to your hotel stay? Now it's mixed reviews so far since they just announced it, and you can check it out a little intro on YouTube about the new keyless entry for using My Disney Experience app. Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney's Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia or keyless entry. Media around you. Until then, see you next time. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See, wow! It's Disney on demand. Dibs. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced and a little disgusted. <laughs>
All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed our eight-year anniversary here at Diz Radio, the greatest show on earth. Yes, show number 210. It has been a fantastic romp, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented, the big-top voice himself, none other than Jonathan Lee Iverson, the last ringmaster for Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus for stopping in, chatting with us, and bringing those memories. Over the years, I have seen you perform many many times with Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Circus, and I am truly going to miss the circus, but I know your story isn't slowing down. You're moving on to other things, but it truly will be missed, and you brought so much joy to so many people. Thank you, Jonathan, once again, for stopping in and chatting with all of us here at the show and celebrating our eight-year anniversary with us. I'd also like to thank the D-Team, Aaron, Frank, Alexa, Dominic, Charles, and Randy, stopping in here this week with their signature segments, as well as the past D-Team, the new D-Team, D-Team that wasn't able to make it here this week because you truly do make the show you are the performers you are the ones that make the magic happen and finally all of you d heads you are the reason we are still here eight years later celebrating our eight-year anniversary here this week so thank you the d heads for truly making this the greatest show on earth now next week we get back to normal that's right we go back to our normal shows great guest and of course Yes, I will be spouting out some news. Yes, you got off easy two weeks without me having to ramble on news. Next week, I will be back and at it. So get ready for that as well. Now, before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in next week, as well with some very special words that I have for all of you D-heads, I do want to mention all the different ways, once again, that you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Diz Radio Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And if you're looking for mental fitness, inspiration, physical fitness, and more, you can join the Diz Ninjas on Facebook as well. Well, that's D I Z Ninjas on Facebook as well. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio, D I Z Radio, Disney Blue, that's B L U, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait. You need the magic in your ears right away. All you have to do is go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, the device of your choosing. You can get us rambling in your ears right away as soon as the shows get released. And if I rambled all these on too fast, just go to DizRadio.com and find all these links there as well. Now next week, as I mentioned, we are back in Adam. But as we close off our eight-year anniversary here at Diz Radio, the greatest Disney show on earth, I have to say never stop reaching for the stars. I went ahead and started this show on a whim, something that I was... I had a dream for, something that I wanted to be different, unique, something that was completely off the wall and completely different. So what I want you to do is go out this weekend, have those memories, have a million dreams, go out there and pluck the stars. It doesn't make a difference. Just like Walt Disney, you never know what can happen because even if you're a dreamer, everything starts from somewhere. And as you go out this weekend, the most important thing that I always say every single week, never 
neglect family for business. Take time, slow down, and make those memories. Go and reach for those million dreams. So until next week, all of you D-heads, I have to say I am truly humbled. I am honored. Eight years, Diz Radio, and I have a million more dreams in the future. And I hope this weekend you go out, look up at the stars, and have a million dreams of your own to make the world a happier place, a better place, a friendlier place, and something where everybody can enjoy it. Have a great weekend. I close my eyes and I can see a world that's waiting up for me that I call my own. Through the dark, through the door, through where no one's been before, but it feels like home. They can say, they can say it all sounds crazy. They can say, they can say I've lost my mind. I don't care, I don't care, so call me crazy. We can live in a world that we
The brightest colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me away. A million dreams, a million dreams. I think you're what the world could be. A vision of. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues Disney on Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney Company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.